Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to MedterraCBD.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your purchases. This podcast is also brought to you by Sickwix. You can enter discount code BIGMXRADIO for this date, the 19th of March 2020. If you're listening uh, throughout this day, you'll be able to save 25% on all orders from sickwix.com. They've got soap, they've got amazing candles, and if you happen to be listening on the 19th of March 2020, you'll be able to capitalize on that awesome 25% discounts uh, discount from our friends over at Sickwix. Thanks to Aaron over at Sickwix. They have awesome products. It's an awesome company with great integrity and just a lot of soul behind it. So I hope you guys take up that and uh, and make your apartment smell a little bit better because I imagine you're probably at home. You're probably eating a bunch of junk food like my co-host Dave Drake. So you, like, there's a lot of flatulence going on. You're stinking up your place. Make it smell better with Sickwix and save 15%. On the nineteenth of March, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, uh, with Big MX, Big MX Radio, or Big MX as your discount code upon checkout. I am your host, Brad Gephardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, all seven hundred and forty five episodes. With me on the line, he is the sole proprietor of the collective experience. He's a proud owner of a two thousand and nineteen fire breathing Kawasaki KX. 450. That's right. I say KX450 because for some reason they dropped the F in KX450F. And he is most likely slower than me on two wheels. And at one point, we're going to test that theory. His name is Dave Drakes. Dave, how's it going? <laughs> What's going on, man? Between the, uh, the 450 and flatulence, I'm feeling pretty amped up right now. So uh, oh. I've been first in the cup moto, some supercross, and uh, the. I'm ready to get into it, man. I'm just amped. You're amped. Even though for the last three days I've been trying to get this podcast done and I just get like, I get no reply. I get, I'm busy with work. I like, you, you couldn't be more at home ready to do podcasts. And it's 9.45 on a Wednesday before we finally get something out. But of course, we get to, we get to talk about it, but I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to challenge you on the amped part because you've been dodging me, dude. I uh, it, it's been insane. The working from home deal, um, you know, getting things ready for um, for like the travel refunds and the program and everything like that. It has been an absolute pain. I've been on the phone on hold with like airlines for like ninety percent of the time that we've been out of Supercross. So it's it's been a whole deal, but. Things are finally on the upside, so we can do this a lot more often, which we're going to need to, man, with this lack of riding. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and we do plan on getting some uh, some throttle therapy in at some point if, win- if Old Man Winter fucks off anytime soon. But next time that I ask you whether or not like you're dodging me on the podcast, you don't have time for it, can you just tell me the truth that you're just chasing your girlfriend Mary around the apartment and you guys can't keep your hands off each other? Can you just be honest with me? <laughs> You're gonna have to talk to him about that one. <laughs> Fair enough. She might not want to admit that one. <laughs> you know, you know, Ron Dog is down in Texas cheering you on, my friend. Um, but um, and, and same thing with Garrett back uh, down. I think Derek Garrett's out down in uh, uh, Missouri. But either way, dude, it's a bummer. Supercross for the most part, 
postponed, canceled, suspended, whatever you want to call it. It's a total bummer. Uh, I know you were looking forward to an awesome series for uh, the last seven rounds. It's been amazing so far. One of the closest Supercross series we've ever seen. Three points separating uh, Eli Tomac and, uh, and Ken Roxon. I'm going to sit here and say that the Supercross series is done. I don't see a, a sort of a, a light at the tunnel as far as Supercross is considered. I know at one point we'll be racing motocross again one day, uh, but I don't think we're going to get any more rounds into the 2020 Monster Energy Supercross uh, series, and that is a huge bummer. But on the bright side, Eli Tomac, for now, in my opinion, this podcaster thinks is a Supercross champion. It may or may not have an asterisk next to it to some of the people who are a little bit pessimistic out there. But for lack of better words, we got yourself a champ, Eli Tomac, 2020. Yeah, I'm sure he's happy to uh, to get that uh, that title that's been eluding him for so long. But like you and I mentioned a little bit earlier in our uh, on our live talk, it's going to come with that asterisk. And I think uh, a racer of his caliber and any one of these guys. They want to win straight up. They don't want to be given anything. They don't want to have uh, any cancellation. So it's going to be a little bit weird. And if you think that the fans aren't going to let him know and remind him every time it's brought up, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to keep reminding him, hey, you know, it was only half a series and Rockstar was right on your butt and blah, blah, blah. So um, that, that's going to be, that could be a super weird thing if we don't find a solution to uh, getting the races that we've missed uh, into the program. So uh, it, it's, it's going to be weird. I have to agree with you. I do think that this is going to be the end of Supercross with the way that the, the pandemic's uh, sort of riding out right now. Uh, it looks like we're going to uh, we have to call it quits in the Supercross season and hope that this does not spread all into motocross because I think people are going to be pretty ready to pull their hair out once motocross kicks out and if, if they're not riding, if there's no pro races. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a definite, uh, definite weird vibe, but... Uh, we're in unprecedented times right now. I don't think we've ever seen a year we didn't have some sort of racing. We talked about it a little earlier again. One one good and bad thing about motocross and supercross is that we don't really have an off season. So I don't think we we're really used to um, not having any races to to watch or go back to uh, for the last I want to say maybe five to ten years. So it, it's tough, man. People are. People are getting a little stir crazy, and I'm one of them. Fair enough, absolutely. Um, and on top of that, of course, everyone, uh, a lot of people, especially in southern states, thinking to themselves, "All right, cool, got all kinds of time on my on my hands. Throw the bike at the back of the truck and go do some motoing." Uh, unfortunately, most public tracks closed. I guess you can ride in your backyard, but there's some risk that comes in that uh, along with that, and the fact that uh, end up on your head, uh, break an arm, tweak a wrist, you may end your, uh, find yourself in in a hospital uh, where uh, that might be about as caught in the crossfire as uh, as anyone's ever been. That's a scary proposition right there. I think that's scaring some people away from uh, getting some throttle therapy, which we all need at this point. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, a lot of people really don't want to end up to go to hospitals right now for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, two being, hey, you know, we don't really want to be at the epicenter of uh, where a lot of this outbreak is coming from. Also, we don't want to take up a cot, you know, with a motor injury when there's so many other things going on right now that uh, that's just selfish. That, that people need need attention for. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's 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 weird, man. I mean, a lot of people are getting stir crazy and. 
Um, we want to ride. We need, we need riding of some sort. You know, um, I'll use myself as, as an example. I want to ride extremely bad right now because I haven't had my fill of supercross racing. When the series is going, I'm traveling to races. I'm in the pits. I'm kind of getting that that itch scratch a little bit for for moto. Um, but right now, I mean, it's like so oh, you mentioned I'm an itch up. on the Instagram live. You might have to go get that checked out, actually. <laughs> Dude, it's a moto itch that's never going to be remedied. We all have okay, it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Go on. But yeah, it's 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 weird, man. It's just weird, you know. It's uh, not having some sort of moto or supercross pro racing right now. I'm like dying for anything, man. I, I think, I, like I mentioned, I might just kick my 450 for a rip up the road just to like get some sort of like you know blood pumping and stuff like that. If not, maybe throw on some old races from back in the day. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's super weird. Definitely weird times. Oh, absolutely. I I like. Guys like Tony Blazer right now are probably seeing their Instagram and YouTube absolutely going off right now with the fact that those guys have so much old content posted. Uh, for those who don't know, you it, it's pretty easy to find. You got like basically the 2000, the whole 2001 series is basically available like the the 250 series anyway is available on youtube you can find that you can watch all of them um there's a bunch throughout the the 90s uh but i myself hold i think the absolute coup de gras as far as uh uh vintage stuff because i don't have to rely on youtube whatsoever if if for some reason uh this thing really gets crazy we got no internet uh going on i have an external hard drive with over a terabyte of old races, old videos, all the old terra firmas and stuff like that. So I am absolutely set. Um, and, and once I leaf through it all, maybe I send it down to Wisconsin where you're at. Uh, because this thing's worth its weight in gold right now with uh, the fact that we got no uh, no new stuff to watch. Like I'm having to watch like old uh, hockey games from 1987 or something like that, the old Canada Cup series or something, to, to get my fix, man. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty wild time. Oh, yeah, you for sure. I mean... Uh, if I were you, I would uh, I would put up that thing for sale on eBay for some big money. <laughs> but yeah, man, half an idea. Um, but like first, like transfer all oh. of it to another external hard drive, sell the original, and then uh, yeah, now we got now I, I'm, I'm I'm just like I'm now I think we start getting into some licensing shit. But I, like until someone pops me, I could probably still make a half, uh, make a bundle. Uh, they're too worried about people selling hand sanitizer for a million dollars, so you're fine. Yes, that is the. So actually, <laughs> that that brings me up a question. Um, we're locked down. You got you got three motocross videos to bring into you, bring in with you on your quarantine. You're you're in there for like two weeks. What are the three motocross videos you're going to bring with you to be playing over and over and over again um, while you slowly? Uh, sink into madness uh in your quarantine oh man that's so difficult um first off i probably gotta bring in the ranks uh that was a video that uh i used to watch like i think it was like oh four oh five um had like zach osborne the alessis uh jp larson what's it called again oh dude in the, in the ranks ranks like it's all about Amoto. All about Amoto. Check it out. Um, the second one would probably be, oh man, maybe Main Warriors 2. That one was Ooh, a pretty solid, a pretty solid video. Yeah, pretty solid. And I'd probably say, because Motocross. Oh, it's a verb, it's a verb Moto video. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from back in the day. 
Um, and then probably motocross. That one is, uh, I watch that baby like three times a week as background noise anyway, so. Jeez. You gotta have that motocross. Motocross. Like, I, sometimes I wonder why we're friends. Um, <laughs> that's what helped man. That, that's honestly, that's probably one of the most, like, realistic depictions of moto, minus the whole gender swap deal. But, like, between, like, the bikes sounding like actual two strokes, um, kind of like how the am scene is, mindful of the drama and stuff like that. It's yeah. pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. Fair enough. Um, wait, is uh, is Catanzaro in uh, in in the ranks? No, he's not. Who is thirty on a Cowie then? Uh Lemoyne. Lemoyne. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm just, I'm yeah, looking. He was actually like, YouTube. he was super legit. Was, I gotta have a, yeah. I gotta a podcast with, with with Matt Lemoyne. Talk about a guy that like him and Ian Treadle, and a, actually there's a bunch of guys from this year. Oh man! Like, basically, this entire video is just full of guys who didn't make it. Uh, oh man, yeah. Um, but like that, this goes to show how like how fragile the the, the thing is. Like literally, the only guy who's a like in this video that I've seen so far, that's like a legit continued on, like actually still relevant is uh, is Zach Osborne. But yeah, like there is such like a long list of guys that like there's so much success like early, early in their careers, and like it's just sort of not that they fizzle out, but there's just there's only so many spots at the top, you know what I mean? And they all eventually get to yep. uh, like the abs, like the 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 highest level. And eventually, all those kids from the from the the eighty class and the sixty five class and the soup like the schoolboy class, eventually they're all together in the pro class. And yeah, it's it's a it's a situation. And the, only the strong survive. But anyway, um, speaking specific, like so, you've got in the ranks, you've got uh, in the ranks, you've got uh, motocross mini warriors too. and mini yeah. warriors too. Um, I'm say I, I can safely say that I don't want to hang out with you for your quarantine because my mine are way better, or maybe I'll just okay, up the joint a little bit. I got um, the original Terra Firma, Terra Firma One, okay. despite the fact that you have to uh, deal with. I think that it's is it Fro or I can't remember who it is. That, like the the guy who plays uh, Elvis is just being like, "You rah them corners, you gotta rip." <laughs> And that's just an, that's more or less annoying. I'm sure it was funny in 1991, but I didn't find it all that hilarious um, watching it growing up. But anyway, that was one of what's one of the best um, off kind of off grid. I really enjoy uh, and really enjoyed what's called it was called the the Warriors Code. Warriors Code, I think. I don't know who made it. I can't remember like who who it was. It had Jason Lawrence in it. It had a Villapoto scene in it. I had a bunch of really cool scenes. I have to try and find that. I have it on DVD somewhere. Warriors Code was good. And then uh, I'm going to get some pushback on this, but one of my favorite, and it's one of the longer ones of the Great Outdoors series, is uh, War- Great Outdoors 2 that has that like weirdo voiceover of the uh, um, the guy from like the southern guy who's kind of like uh, he's talking about Rhino and, and this, that, and the other thing. That was one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah. From o- o- oh, that, yeah, that one was. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. O three like comes back, and there's the Stuart goes from last to first of buds. Yes. Right? 
Yeah. Like literally yeah. one of my favorite quotes from Eric Johnson, he's like Stewart comes back and like just like wastes everyone about as bad as he can. And I'm like, yes, Stu, Stu being back and like Stu just killing everyone. That was the absolute best. So that's our six videos we're watching. I'm going to fall asleep during when yours are on. Uh, you can do whatever you want when my cool ones come on. But yeah, that's sort of what we're going to be watching, uh, during our quarantine. Um, but, uh, Let's talk. Uh, let's talk championships here. If Supercross is done, Dylan Ferrandis is your West Coast Supercross champion. Two two years in a row, only six rounds uh, that they were going to be able to race out of the t- uh, 11, 10, 10 rounds, um, which is a huge bummer to me and many others. Um, Cooper, uh, Justin Cooper second in points, uh, not too far adrift. Austin Forkner, not the guy that we thought we'd see coming out of 2019, obviously coming off that knee injury. Uh, just looking at those three that sort of like separated themselves from everybody else, what sort of, uh, what sort of letter grade do you give those three coming out of, uh, a shortened season? Yeah, that's, oh man, that, that's, that's going to be really, really tough. I mean, um, I, I know a lot of what we talk about before the classes, uh, like people kind of play in the long game, and that's what we've seen a lot of people win in the past with. Like especially Dungey, um, we kind of saw that little bit of out of Cooper Webb, where he was pushing for wins, but he wasn't like killing himself and and you know all or nothing for this one to win. He was kind of spacing them out, and that's what's winning the championship this year. Um, it kind of flipped it on its head because we only did like half the races, so um, that that's super super difficult for a lot of these guys to to take in, like. Um, like Justin Cooper, Ken Rockson, Shane McElrath, all these guys are like, holy crap, I thought I had a lot more races to regain momentum, to get these points back, um, to grab myself a, a, a title, uh, especially for someone like Shane McElrath that's been eluding them so much. Um, but, yeah, now they're like, holy crap, I, I missed my chance that I should have let that last guy pass me. Or if you're Ken Rockson, you know, Daytona, uh, maybe I should have, like, you know, ran Tomac a little bit wider and, and fought for that position a little bit harder. So, yeah, it, it, it's such a bummer to see that, man. We had a really good series going in the 450s. Uh, Tomac looked awesome. Ken Rockson was winning again, and Cooper stuck his nose in there. Justin Barsha had a resurgence, and um, we saw some really good stuff uh, out of Ferrandis on the West Coast with Cooper and Fortner going back and forth for wins. Um, it, it was, it, it should have been a really good year, so to see that cut short, it's it's a definite bummer, man. I mean, all these guys are going to have asterisks next to their name. The 250 riders, we know that they're past champions, defending their, their title, so might not be as grand, but for the 450 and Tomek winning his title with, you know, not having the rest of the season to be able to, to, to contend with, um, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be something that's glaring for a lot of fans for years to come, for sure. Absolutely. It's... Um for me, it's going to have a, a champion. It's going to be a championship that people may forget a little bit because of how short it was, uh, and it's sort of a double champion for for Dylan Ferrandez, But it's a championship nonetheless, um, and it's a regional championship. So a lot of these things kind of they kind of get swept under the rug long, like not too long uh, afterwards. You don't really remember what year when it happened. I guess maybe that's a little bit of recency bias because I think I can basically uh, rattle off just about everybody from the nineties. But um, yeah, like just, like Justin Cooper, hats off to him for that first win of the year, first win of his career in the Supercross series. Anyway, uh, really impressive to see that. Um, and he was consistent. Obviously, he has that one blemish on his uh, on his, his season in Glendale. Otherwise, um, 
was really consistent, stayed uh, in and around the top four every single weekend, very, very strong. Um, and But Austin Forkner, we had a series where um, like just had an absolute butt-ugly uh, Anaheim 2, not even all that great in uh, in in Anaheim one, actually both Anaheims were his two worst races, which is, um, I guess he, he crashed out of his very first one way back in the day. That was a bummer. Um, a number of years ago, but, uh, a couple of wins and a couple of second places, but otherwise, uh, a season where, um, I got like most people, including this podcaster rolled into the West series saying that Austin Forkner was going to was going to be just as dominant as he was on the East Coast last year, and that couldn't have been further from the truth. A couple, uh, a, a pair of wins, one in St. Louis, another in Glendale, and um, otherwise uh, third place in the championship, and probably a better taste in his mouth. Oh man, yeah, you, you, you got to imagine. So I mean, uh, I think you and I were touting this guy as like the the one that's going to come back and, and win the champion win the championship, just given the momentum that he had last year. Um, and we, we said that he was going to have a hard time with Fernandez, but still, I think Faulkner had just a little bit more veracity in his 2019 campaign than Fernandez did in his. Um, so, yeah, we, we thought this guy for sure was going was to take it. And he had, he had his ups and downs, had a, you know some uh, some good and bad races, like you said, but um, he's one of the writers again that I, I'm sure he thought, I can regroup, um, get uh, some points back, and force Fernandez into a mistake, um, you know, beat Cooper, and maybe be closer heading into Vegas or something like that. And now, uh, like I said, I'm sure he's kicking himself in the ass for those two Anaheim mistakes that he made. I mean, just um, hitting a tough block and just getting out to really bad starts, not pushing enough, um, start to finish. So, um, you know, you, you got to feel for for someone like Fortner, who's who is um, you know doing a championship not only in 19 but also in 20 from for two super unforeseen uh, occurrences, especially this year, man, where he, it was really nothing that he did last year, went down, kind of cost it for himself, but this year, I mean, out of his control, really, so it's got, it's got a sting for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's got to be uh, really sort of, uh, I don't know, just like, like kind of, what else? You know what I mean? Like, like there's a lot of people feeling like that. Uh, and, like, if you're Ken Roxon right now, like, as much as like Eli went out and got it, uh, it, it we, like, the Supercross series was decided by what fifty feet by the end of Daytona. Like that is like uh, if if uh, like if we don't get any more races, uh, does is that one that sort of haunts um, Ken Roxon? Because you know he's looking for that uh, Supercross title, and that's literally what it came down to: is either one of those guys capturing their very first Supercross title on like 50, 60 feet. Um, if he had known if it was the last race. Would uh, would Ken have just like basically sent the finish line like a good two hundred yards uh, down down the straightaway to try and uh, uh, squeeze every little bit out of that? Like I, I, I like obviously that's down to like pure speculation, but uh, pretty cr- crazy to think that uh, the four fifty Supercross title uh, basically very well could. Of course, they have no official word out just yet, but I, I as far as I know, uh, as far as I'm considered, uh, it's it's a uh, it's the championship. I don't think there's going to be any way for them to get any more races in. Uh, of course, things change, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I, like the, it's a championship that's literally come down to the last last couple of laps. And uh, yeah, Eli Tomac, 2020 champion, 
Uh, but uh, Ken rocks and probably uh, maybe uh, a few sleepless nights, knowing that that thing was uh, only uh, only a few feet away. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. I, I do think that he would have uh, maybe pushed it just a tiny bit harder. Not that he wasn't pushing, and I don't want to take anything away from the guy, um, but I think he would have exhausted the shit out of himself or, or whatever he had to do to keep Tomek behind him, knowing that those, those crucial points are in line for a title. Um, Tomek wants want this title badly. Everyone knows it. Uh, he's messed it up in the past for years and years. Yeah, I imagine Roxon wants it just as badly, especially after that crash that he suffered where he almost lost his arm. Um, yeah, he's really, uh, really, really anxious. I, I, I want to say to get that title. Um, and to see it slip out by just three points, just one turn um, on one of the last laps of a Daytona, a very prestigious race to win, especially for a Honda. Um, man, it's, ugh, I, I would, I would hate to be in a position right now, just feeling the weight of that, you know, it's, it's a definite bummer, and I'm sure it was just like everyone else, he went back to his team that truck, the other night, went back to the truck, and was saying, like, hey, you know, we can get the points back next week in Indy, it will be fine, we still have, like, seven, eight more races to go, we're gonna be good, and, you know, now it's over, so, it's, it's a bummer. So every, every single race matters, every single point matters, because you just never know the sport. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, and finally, we talk about the 250 uh, East, West East Coast Championship. Uh, you'll have uh, two back-to-back winners if, if all things ended right now. A 10-point lead for Chase Sexton. He ends up uh, second in Daytona, but uh, uh, everyone else in the championship that he was in main contendence with finished behind him. Of course, uh, Garrett Marchbanks, who ends up fourth in that series. If it all ended right now, only four rounds um, is this maybe the only series where you put a bit of an asterisk to it? Uh, it's it's only like it was going to be only an eight round series, um, so half the races were finished. Uh, but I feel like there was a lot of racing to be done still here. Like it's uh, it's a, to me it's a huge bummer to not see uh, McElrath uh, get an opportunity to fight for this championship more than he currently did. Uh, R.J. Hampshire seemed to be getting better all the time. Uh, same thing with Martin, and of course Marchbanks thrown in the mix. Definitely wasn't going to go out without a fight either. Like these, all these guys were within 20 points of the championship. Um, it is, it sort of is what it is. We'll leave it as as is right now. But if it ended that way, um, you kind of got to go with it where the points are at the very end of this thing. My biggest question is, uh, guys like Chase Sexton, guys like Shane McElrath, a lot of these dudes that were on their way out of the series. Obviously, they get us some time to lick their wounds and come back uh, next year full bill of health. But for a guy like Shane McElrath, who um, very well could be sort of uh, on his way out to a 450 class, 450 ride, um, do does this all this stuff going on like it's a full series in the record books as far as the championships is concerned? But does does he get any uh, um, consideration to come back to the series next year, given the fact that? Uh, there wasn't uh, a full series being able to be, like, he, he wasn't able to compete in a full series, therefore shouldn't have to move up. Yeah, I, I think you have to, uh, you have to take, take that into consideration. A lot of guys um, that were vying for that championship um, kind of kind of jipped a little bit. So you have to imagine Feld and the AMA um, are going to allow them to keep uh, keep contending for that since, you know, the, the normal rules don't apply in this, in this instance. Um, I, I do, have, I think we are really jipped on a lot of good racing, man. I mean, um, like you said, McElrath, um, and his, his, 
sort of title fight, I guess. Um, that's one of them, seeing Forkner maybe come back to battle the Ferengis a little bit more. Um, maybe Hartranth getting up there into some more battles. Marchbanks, Martin. I mean, so many names of riders that we've yet to see really, um, I, I guess, push and get some wins or even battle for some, uh, you know, for, for their spot in the title chase. Um, there's, there's a lot of guys that we that we didn't get a chance to see make that happen. So uh, I hope that for next year they I'll kind of allow this allow these guys to come back and um, and give us a good show that we were, that we really weren't treated to in uh, 2020. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, we'll see. Like, if if that's the case, if say like it was already the plan for Chase Sexton to uh, be on the 450 outdoors and then move up next year, but let's say. For, by some strange ruling, they allow like everyone, like no one has to move up on points or championships for next year. Uh, he's allowed to come back. Would a third uh, Supercross title, like that, that would, like even if, especially if it's on the East, that would be uh, unprecedented. That's never been done before. Yeah, that's that's going to be super weird. I mean, um, seeing a, a kid go like three Stu for three. Only has <laughs> two titles in Supercross. Yep. Yep. And RC only has two as well. Is it no one? RC only has one Supercross title and, and one little bikes. Yeah, yeah. 90, yeah. Ninety-seven. He loses to uh, Ferry. Ninety-eight. He wins and tries to break Kevin Windham's leg at uh, Vegas. And then by 99, oh, he's on a 252-stroke, crashing his brains out. Yep. Huh. So yeah, I mean, we, again, we, it'd, be, it'd be weird. And people kind of forget that Sexton is a relatively young guy. He he's hasn't been won, in his class for three, very long. He's won three races. Yeah. Three Supercross races. Dude's, dude's uh... Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's super weird. And I I don't think we really had a guy that's won so few races yet so many freaking titles. He's, Especially if, if, if this if one he, gets ruled as like point stop where we where we are right now. He'll have he'll have a championship for every one point five wins of his of his career. That is that is insane. insane. That has never. I don't think that's <laughs> ever been done. I, oh, I, I, I can, not. Actually, well, I, the only person that has less than that or more championships to uh, less wins would be. I don't think did Ferry ever win a, a one twenty five outdoor. We'll find that out. Maybe I don't think so. So what, yeah, because he like that would have been right around like he wasn't stealing wins from Steve Lampson or Carmichael. I don't know. He has a title, but no wins, and of course that he has the. the Title comes from the no win season of '97 when RC won a bunch of races and then crashed out of a bunch of races, and that's how Timmy ended up winning that championship. That is like maybe the only other isolated uh, scenario where someone has that that few of wins, and uh, in this case, multiple titles is wild. Weird. And we're just out on tangents now, talking about weird stuff. This is this is what would happen if we were actually on a quarantine. Like, both of us just being <laughs> Google of motocross, going back into the archives, 
and talking. Eventually, we just get on. We like we would just spend an hour talking about like the gear that Stu rode with uh, at, at any time uh, <laughs> during the series season. And then at some point, I'd be yelling about the fact that like Fox did that Latinese stuff and that weird like ink blotted like sort of like melting gear from like oh seven, and I'd just be like. He'd just be screaming at you, um, but yeah. Um, how, how do we? How do we? Uh, how does the motocross industry community react to COVID? Uh, co, co is COVID? Um, COVID nineteen. Like, do you see an influx of local racing? Do you see people riding their motorcycles more uh, just without that much extra time on their hands? Like, what what do you see? Uh, like, what do you see? The some positives coming from this, Dave? Um, I do see the local racing get a little bit better. Uh, when I say local racing, I don't mean I don't think we're going to see a very large influx of new to new to the sport people. I think we're going to see existing riders, people who are already love the sport. They're going to come out in droves for local races, um, local practice tracks, because we're just, all of us are thirsting for racing in some sort. Normally we get our fix in the wintertime and uh, early springtime from pro supercross racing. And, um, you know, we get to watch our favorite riders duke it out and kind of get it out that way. Uh, but we don't have any of that. So all of the, the, the moto muscles are kind of twitching right now, just waiting for something to happen. So I do think once the, once the, the COVID-19 issues sort of dies down a little bit, maybe vaccines are issued and we kind of get off high alert um, and tracks are opening up. I think we're going to see an influx of people at these local tracks. Um, it could mean decent m- money for, for gear companies. Um, you and I mentioned it also that, um, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't working right now who, um, you know, between layoffs and just the, the lack of um, money in the, flowing through uh, to the market, um, it, it might be a little tougher for people to make these big purchases of like new bikes and stuff. But I think the existing motor enthusiast is going to come out in droves and really be amped to get back on their bike and start riding again. So it could mean a lot of good things for local races, local tracks. Um, maybe we start seeing some more fair dates, which we haven't really seen since what oh five, oh six, oh seven times. So it could be, it could be a good thing for that. Fair enough. I, I can totally see a lot of privateers. Um, like say they do have like even a few rounds of Supercross, which I don't think will happen, or um, an abbreviated series for the outdoors. Uh, heaven forbid. I could see a lot of privateers saying, "You know what? For 2020, I'm staying home. I'm going to race my local series. I'm going to go race NESC, or I'm going to race a couple of those other series that exist. And maybe that's uh, an opportunity for some young bucks to see um, see some of that local talent come back and, and do some awesome racing, and also see them uh, like be able to test test their metal against some of those amazing riders uh, from those like kind of like those home areas that don't r- race at home very often because obviously they're 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 busy on the national series. Um, some of those young guys being able to kind of test their metal against some of the guys that have left and uh, are off doing their thing. Oh, exactly. I mean, I could see something, like you mentioned, NASC. I could see, you know, maybe like a canning, uh, buying some local stuff a little bit more often, uh, around the northern area, and kids just like, holy crap, like, the guys going super fast, let's try to be like him, and, um, and maybe they get, they get more serious about it, they get their friends more serious about it, and we could have a whole, a whole resurgence of what Moto used to be when you and I were in the 80 classes and moving up on big bikes, so, um, that could very well happen, which I, I hope it does. I think as a whole, 
we might see a dip in the in the, the number of bike sales and stuff like that again because people aren't working. There's no revenue coming in, but um, the you know the little bit of money it takes to go ride uh, on the weekend at your local track, for whether it's practice or just one single class. I think people are going to start prioritizing that. So we we're being so cooped up for these uh, these couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever it's going to end up being. So um, good in some on one end of the spectrum, bad in the other. Um, depending on, on where you look at it. But uh, I think, you know, I think we come out of this pretty decently, and um, I think we're just, everyone's just going to be so into ride. Um, you're you're going to see people just blowing up at model tracks. Fair enough. I could definitely see that. I, I, I plan on doing some riding. Um, let's say, like, let's, uh, let's get hypothetical here. Let's get a scenario where uh, we're not allowed to leave our houses we're we're told to like like straight up like Italy like you're just supposed to leave for like leave your house to get um, mandatory or compulsory items only. Like, what's Dave Drake's doing in his apartment other than collecting stamps? Um, like and and like just like it's it's gonna be weird, man. Like, what are you gonna do to pass the time? Like like it, will it even be motocross related? Will you read books? I actually I was just thinking about this. I have a giant box of old magazines that I could start leafing through. That I could just like I could just do a YouTube channel on like leafing through old crappy magazines from the mid two thousands. Like what what do you do, do Dave Drake? <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say I've got a stockpile of motor magazines that like. Not even so much reading them, but just going through and seeing what, like what the sport used to be and all the oh, gear that I used so to impressive. love. Like, oh man, just going through and it's like, holy crap! I remember this one photo shoot with this gear made me want it so bad, and my dad said no, and not until I actually rode the bike well. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, like seeing old riders. Like I was going through uh, a magazine um, from a couple. Was it, I think it was like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was like the old uh, the old Suzuki one where they had the, sh- the shared. RM100 with the KX100, um, both Suzuki yeah. and Cali come out with the same models, and it was like Roger DeCosta. Is it weird like the Suzuki? I liked the green, like the, a, a yellow version of the 100. I don't know why it looked sick. It wasn't bad. It was pretty cool. It looked cool. It obviously looked better than the Cali. I like the RM80. The bike hasn't changed since yeah. like 1986, but like I like that look. I don't know why the, the, yeah. the KX... Uh, with yellow plastics, look look pretty trick though. I don't know why that was. Yeah, same here. I, I, I know have that no there was idea, a guy, there was a kid was. locally that had one. Sorry to keep on interrupting you. There's a kid that had one in yellow, but he ran the Chevy trucks Kawasaki like graphics on that kit, and that was actually uh, strong. No, but it was a strong look because most really? of that kit, yeah, most of that kit is see through. Like, it was translucent so that you could actually, like, you're not actually, it's not green on yellow. It was just all uh, with the with the yellow bow tie. It actually looked, it popped. I'd have to show it to you. Okay, well, that'd be pretty, pretty, pretty cool to check out. Yeah. That's something you don't see a lot of anymore, is graphics that are just, it's like, I'm like an anti-graphic. It's just, it's sort of just a, yeah. like, it just shows the plastic underneath. I I actually like yeah. that look, especially when there's a like there's a million companies out there that can't get the proper orange right that matches whatever like the KTM or if it's a Kawasaki they can't get the right green like just a clear yeah. graphic was like the answer to that it was like you, of course it's matching it's the exact same color I liked it that's yeah no, that's awesome yeah. I I I'd be doing that dude I'd just be going through looking at all Suzuki stuff and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like, um, and, and the ad that I saw was like DeCoster, Cole Seeley when he was a kid, and like Brandon Jessamine, um, just it's stuff like that. Where it's like, holy crap, I haven't said Brandon Jessamine's name in how many years? You know what I mean? So, um, all that cool stuff, man. I, I would be going through that. I'd probably um, play MX Unleashed, the original one, on repeat over and over again because it's my favorite game. Um, and just maybe just YouTube and a bunch of old races, man. I don't have, uh, you know, that terabyte of, uh, of old moto classics, but just be through YouTube about, you know, old 03, 04, 01 type stuff with Ricky battling in and out with those guys. I mean, that's, that'd be, uh, that would keep me kind of sane, I guess. Do you think that if I uh, uh, if I Instagram live some of these like old races that people would like sit on their phone and watch it for hours on end, or do I need to just upload? Oh. No, for sure. Especially if you have commentary. Oh, oh man, yes. that would for sure be awesome. Yeah, we could yeah, definitely I mean, do like a an ecam live or something where we just uh, just talk and banter about old old racing and. How that would how that would look in you know modern times. So oh, it'd be Dave, good live via satellite, commenting on races from mid nineties, and just like, <laughs> yeah, I like I like everything about that idea. But honestly, um, I don't know if you have an external hard drive or anything quite like that. Uh, let me know, and I will I will definitely, or even I think I might have a, like a mobile internet like I, or not internet stick, but I have a. Uh, I think I have a USB drive with enough space on it. I could send you a few of these races, some of the good ones anyway. Uh, and if you, if you honestly, if you oh, have definitely. an external hard drive, and this is going out to anybody out there, if you have an external hard drive with some space on it, or if you want to buy one, get in my DMs, send it to me, and I will fill it up for you, and I will send this information off of this particular hard drive. I will send it to you free of charge. Maybe I'll even send it to you with some Big MX Radio stickers. How's that, Dave? Ooh, that's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah. I will say, your stickers do pop. That's one, one thing I like about them. I, and they I, stand I out. appreciate no one ever calling me out on the fact that I blatantly ripped off the uh, Boltaco logo. Uh, <laughs> no, no, one seems to, no one seems to give me a ton of shit about that. They certainly could if they wanted to. Um, but yeah, all things considered, um, I get off pretty easy like that. But uh, one last thing, I know I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, those who are, are dedicated enough to, to actually take up the uh, the discount on sickwix.com, you're probably still listening. And the discount code is BigMX25. Big BigMX25 saves you 25% at sickwix.com. You gotta go check it out. You gotta go uh, to uh, sickwix.com. Go get some soap. You need to wash your hands. Like if if anything else, you'd be washing your hands uh, right now. And like I said, you're you're like uh, if you're cooped up with your chick at home, your your apartment probably just smells like just straight sex right now. You need to clean that up a little bit. You need to light a candle or at least ten uh, and and freshen things up a little bit. So uh, go to sickwix.com. Go check it out. Go get yourself uh, some Sickwix candles and as well as the soap. It's awesome stuff. And it's just a great story. The, the guy who runs it, Aaron, he's a fantastic dude. He runs it with his daughter um, so he can spend more time with her, teach her about business. I think it's a fantastic uh, product. I think it's a fantastic story. We're looking to have him on the podcast in the next little while here so we can tell more people about it. Uh, go check it out. Sickwix.com. 
S-I-C-W-I-C-K-S uh, dot com. It's awesome product. You'll love all of the different scents in there. And uh, the burn time on these candles is fucking stupid. You'll, like, unless you're like my ex-girlfriend and just burn them, like, night and day and go through them in a week. Most of these candles, like, I think he gave me 18 candles and they lasted me well over a year. So, uh, I don't burn them that often, but still, like, the burn time on them is insane. Uh, go do that. Great investment. They're, like, save you 25%. So, I think they come out to, like, $15 each. Uh, put yourself in an order. And I know, Dave, you've got a, a care package coming your way as well because, uh, you and Mary, uh, um, with way too much uh, free time on your hand. The whole apartment just smells like butt sex. It's terrible. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get it going. But um, we definitely plan on doing some more of these. We've got to come up with some questions for each other and just come on, give some people some content because they're, they're stocked up in their houses, uh, trying to count the, how many sheets of toilet paper before they completely run out. Um, but, yeah, like uh, we're going to get back to racing at some point, Dave. It's going to be good times. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, I want to uh, make sure we get these people as much content as possible, just riffing back and forth, talking some good moto stuff. And, you know, honestly, I feel like before we know it, we'll be uh, back to racing, and this will just all be a, a weird, distant memory. Um, you know, this gives us time for me to plan my trip up to Manitoba, start, come, come start riding with some of my buddies up there, and uh, get some things kicked off. So, at least get a lot of planning time. Something for the money, so... Save a lot of money not traveling to supercross just we can make that yeah, happen. No, yeah, no kidding. All, all of those uh, you're not going to strip clubs anymore. You're uh, <laughs> you're, you're not going out uh, to all of those lavish dinners at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. I'll give you that. that. There's a lot of that going on. Dave tells me about his his financial woes uh, sometimes, and then I remind him that he he enjoys himself a little Ruth Chris steak every once in a while, and, and I don't feel bad for him, but. Uh, we're into about an hour of this thing, my friend. We still got some talking to do, so I'll let you go on this Big MX Radio podcast. We will call you up in a few days' time to just bother each other, talk about some uh, some some things, all things moto. Maybe not even moto whatsoever. Maybe we could just get into like some of those, like it turns itself into like just a lifestyle podcast where we start to tackle some other things. Probably not because no one's going to listen to that. But either way, you have yourself a great rest of your evening, my friend. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you soon.